from the car? Stay connected to the Roar after you run your errands using our app or website. Download the Roar app on your phone by searching WCCPFM The Roar in the App Store. Or tune in on our website, theroarfm.com slash listen. I always dreamed of this Ever since I was a little kid When the voices down deep inside Kept calling my name, couldn't be denied Hour number two out of bounds. William Quaggenbush and Mike Vaughn with you. When you want to talk to us, you call 654-ROAR, 654-7627. When you have a plumbing emergency, you call one-time plumber. We know this. Uh, it is the plumber whose name is his number. That's one-time plumber. Greenville, Charleston, Columbia, everywhere in between, spanning the state. Founded and operated by Clemson grads. They are 24-7 emergency plumbing and drain cleaning service same day service always for things like uh, like your hot water doesn't work or a sewage backup or something like that. Those are things that you can't just operate without. Uh, you need that fixed lickety split, and a lot of times it takes a while to schedule a, a, a plumber to get on the calendar. But they guarantee same day service for these disasters, uh, so that you know when you're in a pinch and you need somebody to come through for you. One Tom Plumber is your call. One more time, that's one Tom. Plumber, they're honest and upfront about their flat rate pricing. Uh, they don't just make it up on the spot. Their five star rate on Google. One more time, call the plumber's name is his number. That's one Tom Plumber. Uh, our very special guest. I don't know how many players of the year we've had on the show. I know we've had at least one. So if somebody asks me, have you ever had one? I know that we have. Uh, Valerie Cagle joins the program. Clemson softball uh, utility player pitcher extraordinaire. Uh, joins us before her final season at Clemson. Valerie Cagle, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It is a pleasure uh, to speak with you. How are things? I just need to know, how is the life of Valerie Cagle right now in the year of our Lord 2024? You know, right now it's a little hectic, trying to get everything ready to go. Um, leaving tomorrow for Mexico. The locker room looks like a hot mess disaster with all the bags. But <laughs> we're uh, getting excited and getting ready to go. All right, uh, you are packing for like a week and a half. Are you equipped to do this? I say this as someone who is not equipped to pack for a week and a half. I have no idea what I'm going to need. I'm going to overpack. Where are you on the spectrum of totally comfortable, feeling good about it, to I can't believe somebody's making me do this? So I would say that I am pretty close to totally comfortable just because um, my couple of trips with USA Softball I've had to pack for like weeks at a time. Mm. Um, and gone national, so I would say without that experience, I'd be a lot more, I have no idea, but because of that, I feel pretty good about it. Okay, very good. Uh, I love that you're learning from past experience. That's great. Uh, one of my favorite things that's happened in the last few months is you were honored as a National Player of the Year on the field at softball, and I, I looked on the screen and I was like, oh, I bet she hates this. And you did, because like <laughs> I, I, I've, I've told people, like, you are the person who needs this the least. Because you're not a big attention-seeking person, and you you don't like to be made a big deal of. So I want to ask you this question. Well, let me start with this. How is it being the reigning national player of the year? Are you used to it yet? Um, I don't think so. Um, it's definitely really cool. Um, it's something that you know I had a whole bunch of goals set when I got here, and thought a lot of them were probably never going to happen and unrealistic. Um, and that was one of them. So. Just to be able to do that um, was definitely incredible. But 
it is still, you know, kind of interesting to say, like, I, you know, won that and I am, you know, the national player of the year. All right. So I know a lot of it. You're like, uh, get me out of here. I don't want to do this. But you got you had to have liked some of it. Like, what was your favorite part of sort of making the rounds and doing the things that the national player of the year gets to do? Um, I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't say that I like, did too much. Right when you know season ended with summer and I was traveling a lot. Um, so I think just the coolest thing for me with, um, you know, being recognized at that football game, again, yeah, like not my favorite experience just because of, you know, the environment. But at the same time, um, you know, there were 80,000 people or however many people were in the stands and they were, um, you know, celebrating something that a softball player had done here at Clemson and we've only been around for four years. Um, so regardless of whether that's me or someone else, I just thought that was really cool. I'm um, just the recognition that the sport has already gotten this quickly at Clemson. All right, so as one of the leaders on this team, give me a sense. I've talked to some of your teammates already, so I'm tr- I'm trying to get a vibe check. What are the vibes like as you guys are wrapping up a month of preseason and getting ready to go down to Florida later this week to start this thing, uh, get this thing going? Um, I think this year, even more than ever, like we're just ready to play someone different. Um, you know, I kept joking before our inner squads, like I was counting down the inner squads that I didn't have to throw to my teammates anymore. Um, you know, some of them I've thrown to for four years. And so it's like, man, like, you know, everything I have and I don't even know what to do anymore. Um, but you know, it's great preparation for me as a pitcher. And then, you know, as a hitter as well, facing off of the good pitchers that we have. Um, but we're definitely just ready to see a different uniform color. Um, and just, you know, be that United team, um, and just be able to compete together instead of, you know, having to compete against each other a little bit. What is something that you feel more comfortable with as an aspect of your game this year? than maybe you did this time last year? Um, so this time last year, I felt pretty confident in about nothing. Um, I really <laughs> had no idea what to expect coming back. Um, and so it was really just, you know, see what happens. So I think this year, again, it's just like, you know, I've done this for four years. And so, um, you know, I've kind of just been there, done that. And so a little bit for me, like, this is the first fall that I was able to really get in the bullpen and work with um, KJ just on, you know, like, mechanics and pitching and, you know, the other years were either COVID or I was coming back from, you know, different injuries. And so um, that was really nice just to kind of be able to get in the bullpen and just really work on the little things um, instead of just trying to get back into game shape. I'm glad you said that because I remember talking to you a year ago, and that was one of the things you brought up was that you were sort of still ramping up. Uh, what – was there anything in particular that you were like, wow, uh, like I'm so glad I got to do this because I can get in bullpens and I can sort of fine-tune something, whether it's a mechanical thing or, or one of your pitches or anything like that that stands out that you're really just excited you got to hone in on during the break? Um, I think mostly just like the off-speed pitches um, that I have, just getting consistent with those a little bit more so that even if you know one's off one day, I still have the other. Um, and even just having the confidence to throw them in any count and just the confidence to, um, you know, keep throwing them even if it's not working at the beginning of the game. Visiting with Valerie Cagle here on the program. Appreciate her time. Uh, very busy person uh, with a lot going on. Uh, you're part of a leadership core that's uh, that's unique because you've got some fifth-year and some fourth-year players who are sort of going through this for the last time. And the vision casting to the end is apparent. Um, you guys talk about it all the time. Um, how have you guys been able to sort of communicate the long-term vision of you want to get to Oklahoma City and check that box while also staying present in the moment? 
Um, so I think we've done a couple of different things. First, where you know we've been able to kind of pull from past experience of the past two years of making it to the Super Regionals and then just, you know, not being able to get past that. Um, so just for being able to reflect on that, you know, what worked, what didn't, um, different points in the season, what kind of, you know, derailed the team or what kind of got us out of whack. Um, and then we also have been doing some team sessions um, with our mental performance coach. And so that has also been really helpful, um, you know, just kind of get all of us on the same page and also just be able to communicate a little bit better. If, you know, if I'm in, you know, this situation, what do I need for my teammates? Um, and so really getting that better communication. Uh, give me a, a sense of like who else is stepping up as a leader on this team. There is that core group and you guys were, were leading a lot last year, but who's somebody that you feel like has really stepped to the fore this year that you've seen sort of bust out of a shell or, or carve out uh, a, a little bit uh, more of a leadership role on this team? So one thing that I love about this team is just Coach Ripman always makes it very clear of um, there's, you know, we don't do captains and anyone is free to lead, um, whether you're a, you know, sixth year or a freshman. Um, so that is always something that, you know, people are more comfortable being able to lead because, you know, that's just kind of the standard. Um, but of course, you know, I would say that Aaliyah and Maddie McKenzie, um, you know, just those core players that have been here for a while, JoJo, Oda, um, have really been able to step up this year. Um, the additions of Alex and Lindsay. I got to spend some time with Lindsay this morning, and that was terrific. I, I really enjoyed getting to know her. What have they brought to the table as transfers that not only have played college ball, but they've played in your ballpark against you, and you've competed against them, and they've tried to hit you? I mean, like, what, what, uh, what have they brought to the table that sort of makes you guys a little bit better? Yeah, Ali and I were actually talking about this the other day. Um, it's kind of funny because Lindsay's so outgoing um, and Alex is, you know, the complete opposite. It was really quiet. Um, but they both, you know, have fit in so well and they bring that experience from their other programs of, you know, kind of sometimes it's hard when you're in a situation to see a different perspective. Um, you know, I've only ever played here, so obviously I don't know, you know, what another program's like, but they do. Um, and so sometimes having players with that other experience really helps to kind of just like change your perspective. Um, and, you know, maybe something's not going great, but it's like, hey, like this is what, you know, I've done in the past, or this is what it could be like, um, and so different things like that, just to kind of offer a new perspective. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can get you onto my soapbox for a second, okay? So all ACC teams come out preseason. Your name is on there, no surprise. I looked for Mackenzie Clark's. I I control F'd that junk like four times, trying to find Mackenzie Clark's name. Maybe it's a misprint. Maybe they misspelled it. Uh, what was your reaction to finding out that Mackenzie Clark is apparently not a top four outfielder in the ACC? Um, yeah, I was definitely surprised that I was the only one on the list. Um, but I do think that that kind of gives her a cool opportunity of, um, you know, there is no pressure on her to, you know, achieve something that was given to her preseason. Um, and she just gets to go out this year and prove why she should have been on the list um, and just, you know, really make a difference for us. Um, and so that in postseason, she is on that list. Is that I mean, Coach Rittman was like ticked, like he was mad when he was on with us, and I, I brought it up to him. Uh, does he does he talk to you guys about like stoking those flames? I mean, I, you know, obviously McKenzie's motivated a little differently than you, but he seems pretty good at knowing how to push your buttons and get you going a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, like for me, preseason stuff is awesome. Um, like it's really nice to get that recognition, but I don't put much, you know, like worth into that because again, nothing for me is like one until you win it postseason. Mm -hmm. um, so I think maybe my perspective is a little bit different on that. Um, but I mean, and also, you know, he's the one coaching all of us, and so he's, you know, of course, going to want more of us on that list, and you know, really want us to be out there and you know, proud of that. 
Um, but, you know, I think, you know, she's got a great, again, like she's got a great opportunity to kind of just, you know, not exactly like shove it in their faces, but hey, like I didn't get selected and here's why I should have been. I loved what you said last year about keeping your focus simple and you just wanted to basically live in the moment and have fun. Are you going with that again this year? Uh, Is there something tangible? Obviously, Oklahoma City is out there, but what are sort of your mantras or the things that you're trying to build this season around personally? Um, So I feel like there's two big ones for me this year. Uh, One's kind of similar to last year. It's experience the moment. Um, I feel like so many times people talk about enjoying the moment and that would be fantastic if you could enjoy every moment, but you know, that's not necessarily realistic. Um, So just allowing yourself to feel whatever you feel in those moments um, to really just be there and experience it. Um, And then the other one for me is um, I have a picture printed off of me when I started playing softball when I was seven. Um, And so my big thing this year is play for her to kind of like find that joy of playing again that like that little kid had no um like you know had no care in the world there was no pressure there was nothing she just got to go out there and play just because she loved the game um and so kind of going back to that and really trying to find that knowing that this is my last year here at Clemson that's so neat because you know and and I know you get to experience it uh with the orange and purple scrimmage you got you know over a thousand people there a lot of little girls a lot of little Valerie Cagles seven-year-olds running around that especially given that that's sort of something that you're thinking about does it has it crossed your mind how many of those little girls like you were that you get a chance to impact one more time through this season yeah I mean that's always something that's been like a little bit hard for me to grasp um growing up Mm. I wasn't like a super big college softball fan like I didn't know a lot of players and watch a lot of games so there wasn't like this one person that I looked up to um and so it's you know, just it's been a little bit challenging for me to grasp just so there's so many people um, that, you know, watch what I do and admire what I do. Um, but it's, it's just so cool because, you know, so many people, you know, how many people get to say that they get to impact the next generation of the sports they play. I want to know a little bit more about the other pitchers because one of the things that was neat to see last year is how that entire pitching staff sort of came around you and sort of helped you in some in some ways where Brooke was emerging and Reagan uh, found her role really nicely and then Millie had some great moments in there. What have you seen from particularly those returners in the circle that's going to really help you guys and help take some pressure off of you? I mean, I think it's going to be very similar to last year. Um, just really going with that staff mentality and knowing that, you know, if I don't get it done one day, that's okay because I've got four pitchers behind me that will. Um, and, you know, Millie and Reagan both in their fourth year, you know, have a lot of experience and Brooke really gained a lot of experience last year. Um, so I definitely think that'll be helpful for Olivia, who's our freshman, um, you know, to be able to just not have that pressure on her. Um, and then, you know, she can get some valuable experience and then, you know, really use that next year when, you know, three of us are gone. It's so different to go from, like, the rhythm of practice. And then I think particularly in softball, where you're just in a dead-on sprint. I mean, I asked McKenzie this last week. Like, you you start with five games in four days, and then you got a couple days to travel, and then you got five games in four days again. Uh, getting ready for that, knowing that you can't simulate that sort of like the game speed and the, the adrenaline and all that stuff, how challenging is that for you? Or is it something that comes naturally? Um, I think it, it's easier as you go on in your career. Um, and our coaches do a great job of trying to simulate it as much as they can with, um, you know, preseason January. We'll have weights on Saturday, and then we'll have like a little break, and then we'll have practice. So, doing our best to simulate, you know, a doubleheader if you can, um, and then having scrimmages on Friday, 
Sunday or Saturday, Sunday, trying to get those back-to-back days in as well. Um, so I think it's just something you kind of learn as you go um, and get more comfortable with and get more used to. But, yeah, I mean, you can't simulate exactly a game experience. Um, but then again, things like the purple and orange scrimmage are great. You know, you're in two different dugouts. You're on two separate teams, two different colors. Um, and you've got the fans and the whole atmosphere. So all of those things are just, you know, help prepare. But, um, you know, I think when you hit season, you just kind of go. Um, you know, you've been preparing for eight months for it. So you just kind of, you know, flip the switch when you get there. Love that. All right, last question I got to ask you. What's the most fun thing you did over the summer? Um, so I traveled a lot over the summer. Um, I was coaching with a travel ball team, and that was a lot of fun. Oh, um, neat. I also got to travel. I got to travel to Japan, um, and Brittman was actually the head coach of that team for USA. And then I also went up to Maine um, for vacation with my parents. Um, we did a bunch of hiking and just went through the national parks. And so had a pretty pretty busy and eventful summer. All right, so now I got to ask. Like, Ripman's your coach. Are you like, I can't get away from this guy? I mean, can, can I get somebody else? That's got to be that's gotta be interesting. Um, no, I mean, I, I love having him there. I think part of it is when you're in those different situations, um, you know, sometimes you don't know how you're going to react. And having someone that you're comfortable with and who knows you well um, and that, you know, you can kind of rely on for that was really helpful. Um, both he and his wife went, and so um, – that was just, it was honestly really nice having them there. All right. Tell me about Coach Val. I want to know about Coach Valerie Cagle. What, <laughs> what, how was that experience and what's your personality as a coach? Um, I would say my personality as a coach probably isn't too much different than me, just kind of normal. Like, I, I really thought that, you know, some of my, like, how hard I am on myself was going to relate to, like, me taking on, um, you know, like some extra responsibility of, like, well, my, you know, maybe like my, pitcher gave up three runs and like it's my fault because I called this pitch instead of that um but it's definitely taught me a lot um and it's been very helpful to just kind of be on the other side of it but it's been a really good experience um and I've been doing it for about a year and a half and the group of girls that we're with I absolutely love and the coaches that I coach with um have been really helpful and just really encouraging for me so it's been a really fun experience that's that's neat uh did you yell was there an out-of-body experience where you just got you're just over it um, I didn't yell, but one time I did kind of get on them and tell them they needed to get it together. Um, <laughs> and I think the other coaches loved that I actually was like a little bit upset about something for a minute. But um, no, I don't. I don't know that I'm yelling. It's just not really my thing. I I, I can't see it. I got to be honest. That's the reason I asked. I'm I'm like trying to picture. Okay, what's it like when you threw the pitch? Valerie didn't call. She calls time. She goes to the circle. And what does she do? Does she lose it? Does she throw something? I. I see it still being very calm, so I'm glad. I'm glad that's true. Is that is that fair? It's still very like you're boiling inside, but it's still very calm. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say like it's boiling inside, but I will say that the mound visits were something that I really had to get used to. Of like, what do I say to them? Like, what is even helpful? Um, and I think that's helped me a little bit of like what maybe I need when I'm on the mound. You know, it's what I need from my teammates. Um, so it's kind of cool to see how you know being on the other side helps you on the side as a player. She's the best, folks. Valerie Cagle, thank you so much. You're so gracious with your time. Really appreciate it. And um, we'll certainly be watching. We'll be listening. I'm excited to hear Tony and Reedy on the call down there in Florida. And we'll be watching when you go to Mexico, too. And looking forward to you coming back home. Thanks, Val. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. You too. All right. That is Valerie Cagle. Great stuff, folks. I, I, um, it's, such, it's such a treat to be able to visit because she, do, she doesn't do a lot of media. She's, she's incredibly shy. We know that she's introverted. 
Um, if you saw her at the football game, you know, very introverted. Uh, that was fun. That was one of my favorite things about the football season, for real. All right, stay with us. We got much more to come. 654 Roars the number. We'll be back right after this. Engineered Sleep has been a Roar partner for over eight years, and your support has meant the world to them. They design and manufacture some of the best mattresses in the world right here in Greenville, South Carolina. If you've not visited their new 95,000-square-foot facility at 333 North Pleasantburg Drive in Greenville, you should. Go check out their mattress showroom and also take a tour of their factory. It is rare that you can buy a mattress directly from a factory that has been making them since 1931. First, it was Seneca, then came Clemson. Now, Joe's New York Pizza is in Central at 302 East Main Street, featuring 10-inch personal-sized pizzas and daily lunch specials. A build-your-own salad bar and half-price Wednesdays on any take-and-bake pizza. Great wine selection, and get this, $3 pints all day, every day on their own Joe's House Lager. Served in frozen pint glasses. Dine-in or take-out, Tuesday through Sunday, 11 and 9. New York style served with a southern smile. Joe's New York Pizza, 302 East Main in Central. The big game is Sunday, and Nick and Mike Bar and Grill is your headquarters in the Clemson area. Enjoy great football, food and drink specials, 10% off their award-winning wings, and beer specials all for the big game between San Fran and KC. Nick and Mike in the Best Western Clemson invite you to join them Sunday from the early afternoon through the postgame for the biggest game of the year. Come one, come all from Seneca, Anderson, Six Mile, Pendleton, and Clemson. Nick and Mike Bar and Grill in Clemson's Best Western Hotel. At Upcountry Fiber, they believe in keeping you connected. Did you know that nearly 50 million households in the U.S. qualify for a discount of up to $30 per month on their broadband service through the Affordable Connectivity Program? That's nearly 40% of the country, and it might include you. Visit upcountryfiber.com forward slash ACP or call 888-760-2111 to learn about the Affordable Connectivity Program at Upcountry Fiber. We're here for you. If that home improvement project has been on your honey-do list for months now with no start date in sight, it's time to call Adams & Co. Not only are they roofing specialists, they're also skilled general contractors offering interior and exterior remodeling services. Bathroom, kitchen remodels, gutters, siding, painting, flooring, cabinets, and carpentry. Call Adams & Co. today for all your home improvement needs. 864-260-0080. Adams & Co. 260-0080. Can I get a weight reading on the cat in exam three? Zuri needs a new vet tech after their current one literally moved to a farm. But finding an ideal replacement takes some training. This is like hurting cats. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Schedule virtual interviews and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. New year, new you. I know you've been thinking about it because I was there too. I thought about it many years. And then I did it, dropped big pounds, and never looked back. Look, any time's a good time to start something good and something new. But now, with the holidays in the rearview mirror, now's the time to start PhD. If dropping weight's on your mind, just for a second, forget exercise. We know it's great for a million reasons. But instead, call PhD because it starts in the kitchen. Drop that weight. Keep it off for life. Now's the time. Go to the website, myphdweightloss.com. Live and local sports talk coming to you from the Upcountry Fiber Studios. This is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. 
crank it up and embarrass your children. The Roar, where every day is game day. Toy Green. All right, hour two continues out of bounds. William Quaggenbush and Mike Vaughn. You know, in the past, uh, in the past, we've had these conversations about who is the best athlete on Clemson's campus. And I got to be honest, I was thinking about that today. Um, and I was trying to think who else would even be in the conversation with Valerie Cagle. That's a good question. Like, who would even get a nomination? If we're Valerie's a national player of the year, there's a certain level of ability there. Obviously, we know. Who else would be in it? I mean, Valerie's been here a while, so like at one point it was Valerie or Trevor Lawrence. That that's a conversation that we had, right? Um I don't know. I mean, I PJ Hall got to be in there, All America candidate. Um, certainly, right now, I would say a no doubt uh, first team All ACC guy. Um, maybe Will Taylor as a guy who's a potential first round pick in a sport. Um, might be a little early for Cam Canarella, but after his freshman year, you could certainly, I mean, you could certainly see that. That's a uh, positive trend right there. That's right. I mean, I'm biased, but like Amari Robinson, very good, very, very good player. Um, Usman Silla won the Herman Trophy um, yeah. in men's soccer. I mean, there's a lot There's a lot of good ones, a lot of good athletes. But as somebody from the 864 uh, said during that interview, it just text simply says, build that statue. That's how people, that's how people feel about, uh, about Valerie Cagle. And... I mean, I, I would I would agree. I mean, she, one thing that I love about Valerie is that she, I think she has an awareness that her, um, her leadership abilities are, like, she's a leader by example, more or less. She's been a little more vocal over time. But I think she understands that in order for their team to maximize its potential, she needs help in this way. Uh, she can't be the leader. I mean, remember I, I asked her about specifically who is stepping up to lead, and she says, like, everybody's stepping up to lead, and she listed about four or five different uh, different players. And I love her perspective, too. Uh, you know, last year, again, when we sat down for our preseason chat, she said the two things she wanted to do was um, was basically relax and have fun. That was it. Relax, chill out, and have fun. Enjoy yourself. I loved her answer today. And today, she sort of amped that up. She sort of stepped it up uh, just a little bit. And you know what? As a, as a Clemson sports fan, those are the types of players you want to root for. Great players who are quality people who represent the university well, who are going to win awards and lead their teams and are very self-aware. And, I mean, that's that's the kind of person that, that Valerie is. And it, like I said, you know, she she's good at interviews. She does a great job. I mean, she's – that was 16, 17 minutes um, over the phone, which can be a little bit awkward, not in person. 
She was terrific. Absolutely terrific. And to me, I mean, that's not something she likes to do, but it's something she's worked at. She's gotten better at. And again, I, I very much appreciate Valerie, and I think she's the best athlete on campus right now. Just uh, just throwing it out there. On a great, great team. Uh, let's go to Oldsie. We got a couple texts uh, on some other topics I want to get to as well. And then there was another thing that I brought up to Mike that we have not discussed yet, but we we will. Don't worry, Mike. Old School joins us next. 654-ROAR is the number. What's up, Old School? Hey, Quack, I hope you can hear me because I'm driving. But I, I had an a NBA question, if I could ask you real quick. Uh, sure, go ahead. Um, how do you feel about the six-pack? Well, first of all, Joel Embiid may be lost for the season. And they're kind of blaming it on the six-pack game rules. What is your feeling about that? Um, personally, I, I, I think that working 20% of your time is not too much to ask. But what do you think about the 65 game rule? Let me add, let me say this, okay? There's been, and for, for, for folks who don't know, this year the NBA has implemented with, I mean, it was collectively bargained with the Players Union, a new rule that says you are not eligible to win a postseason award unless you are unless you have played in at least 65 of your team's games now it it again it uh it after that point it takes it out of voters hands um the point was not necessarily the awards the point was to keep players from just sitting out games and to encourage players when you're healthy to play and i don't know how they they came about with 65 but here's here's my thought i think it is unfair for joel Embiid to be punished for having a significant injury by somebody other than the voters. Because we know that this injury is legitimate, and we know that he was sort of trying to play. On the other hand, there is a reason why, like, when he sat the Nuggets game, for instance, people were pointing out he hasn't played a game in Denver since 2019. You mean to tell me he's been hurt and unable to play every time he's been to Denver since 2019? I actually think this is good long-term. It sucks in a moment because I think Embiid deserves at least consideration for MVP. But I think it is good because maybe now some of these organizations and some of these stars will stop with the nonsense depriving the fans and depriving their teams and trying to load manage and keeping their players out for 25% of their schedule. Like like I said, I old school, I... I am sympathetic to Embiid in this because I think he is sort of catching strays here. Like, he's not the example of a guy that you want to keep out of winning an award because he appears to have a legitimate injury. But because of so many other guys selectively sitting out, they had to make a hard and fast rule to protect the game. Those are my thoughts. Any uh, your, your thoughts on that? Well, I kind of feel the same way, but, I mean, it's unfortunate that, that he has a legit in, injury. But there are too many times that people pay their hard-earned money to go see the stars play, and they're they're selling for backup. So I think it's I think it's a I think they're going to have to tweak the rule next year. So that that's that's my comment on that, guys. You always you have a great show, and thank you for taking my call. Thank you very much, old school. Appreciate the phone call. I listen. Maybe people disagree with this. I don't know. I I am. I am sympathetic to Joel Embiid. And I would say that if I were in Joel Embiid's case, I'm just I'm just saying like you like I would want people to show me some grace in this. Because Joel Embiid does have 
and injury history. And he probably is in need of a little bit of load management. And he is legitimately hurt. I mean, this is this is coming on the heels of Embiid. Um, this was this was breaking news yesterday that he's going to be out basically a month due to a knee procedure. Maybe this morning that we learned the yeah, it was this morning that we learned the particulars of that. So he's going to be out at least four weeks. It says he's going to be reevaluated at that time uh, for procedure on his uh, on his left knee. And he's only played in 34 games. He was going to have to basically play in most of the rest of the games. Mike, do you have, do you feel any type of way about load management or guys sitting out to try to protect themselves long term, or anything like that? Do you think it's a bad thing or a good thing? Where do you stand on it? If there's already been an injury, if there if there's something where they've had something like this in the past, and they get to a place where maybe they they know things that we don't know yet. I, I might can understand that, but um, if a player's healthy, I, I don't see you holding yourself back for something down the road. I, I think you're you're all in all the time. I agree with that. And look, I like I understand there are some things, and particularly as players get a little bit older, there are some things that maybe flare up in the moment. Like you've got an injury that's nagging, and so you wake up one day and you feel like you can play, and you wake up the next day and you feel like you can't. And that's that's just a fact of it. But we also know what load management looks like. We know what sort of like healthy scratches look like. We know what it looks like from a coaching standpoint. We know what it looks like from a player standpoint. And we can kind of sniff it out at this juncture. I think it's a bad thing. I think it is a bad, bad thing that we are encouraging. And look, let me let me say this. It is a bad thing that we encourage players not to play when they can. However, I've said this before too. An NBA head coach, particularly a highly paid NBA head coach and a front office general manager whatever of a a big-time franchise. I'm talking Lakers, Celtics, Bucks, you know, that's a Bulls. I mean, I know Chicago's not been rolling for a while, but I'm talking like the big, big names. Clippers right now, Suns. You are not getting paid and or fired based on how well you serve the fans. You are getting paid and or fired by how you win. And more importantly than that, you are getting paid and or fired by how you win in the postseason. If I have Kawhi Leonard on my team, Kawhi Leonard requires heavy load management during the regular season. I assume because he has been the subject of heavy load management throughout regular seasons. And it sucks. If you got a ticket and you're trying to go watch the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard's not playing and he could have played, that sucks. But ultimately, the coach is not the coach is not getting extended, paid, or fired based on whether you win or lose that game that night. He is getting extended, paid, or fired by what you have done long-term in the season and what you do at the end, how far you go. The accountability is from the, from the, uh, the coach and the front office, everybody else, to the players in the season. It is not to the fans. Now, at the same time, you have to engage the fans because it is still entertainment and fans pay your salary. Fans come play, pay to come watch you play. They pay for subscriptions to serve in, in league pass and whatever uh, on TV. Like, you're you're paying Bally Plus subscriptions to go and stream some of these teams, like 20 bucks a month or whatever it is. Like, you're, you're having to pay to watch this team. You're not paying to watch... Steph Curry's backup. 
You know, I know that feeling very well, Quark, last, uh, I guess, August, September, when Acuna and Olsen got pulled in the very last regular season of the Braves' season, and they were right there on the verge of breaking the home run record. And, of course, Ozuna had to pull them through <laughs> Yes, with two home runs in the they same game. They figured it out. But, but after a couple of innings, two of the biggest guys that you could pay to, to come see – get pulled out of the ball game and I'm sitting there going what what's going on and it do, I think there are different sort of standards for different games and different leagues um like in major league baseball almost nobody plays 162 games like if you if you sit somebody once a week and it just so happens that that's the game that you go there's not as much of an outcry also because there are 81 home games and even if you're a fan of a team in another market um and, and you're going because your team's playing at a certain place. There's still three or four games in a series that you can go in and watch. And you can't, like, you can't play everybody every night in baseball. It doesn't work that way. Uh, you got 25 players. Probably you're talking about 10, maybe 14 or 15 are going to play. Like, if I go to a game, probably 60% of the roster is going to play. So 40% of the roster is not. I can't be you know, I can't be mad about one of my favorite players being in the 40%. I can't like I just can't be mad about that. But you can if it's that guy that you were going to see that night, right? Well, you can't that but one night you got to go. I'm not saying a fan can't be mad. Uh, I'm okay. saying in terms of a policy. Basketball, you can play every night cuz you're not playing every day. You do have rest days, you do have travel days. You do like there are, there are 41 Home games in the schedule. Uh, I, I I think I don't think it's too much to ask that you sort of protect the long term vision team, maybe with a minutes restriction some nights, but not just load like you get off days. They're built into the schedule. Game days should not be off days. In baseball, at the very least, you have tra- like you have travel days that sort of function as off days, and then you're expected to go right back in and play the next day. In the NBA, you have a travel day and a rest day, and then, you know, you play a game. Even you got a back-to-back. Well, that's two games in four days. I mean, that – I know it's hard, but, like, you're getting paid a lot of money to do that. So, it's tough. It, it is it is very tough. You know what's not tough is the decision to go work at Arthrex. Not tough. Um, there There's no real downside to it. Careers.arthrex.com. Big, big, big-time stuff going on there. They are uh, – putting everyone from Professional Athletes Week of Warriors back in the game. Certainly a big, big, big opportunity for you. If you want to make a career move, uh, if you want to get involved with an organization that believes in their people, they trust in their people, they want to get you in, they want to bathe in that culture, they'll promote you up the ranks, they'll train you, whatever they need to do. They just want to get good people in there that understand the mission of the company. They are expanding operations. They are growing, growing, growing there in Sandy Springs with all kinds of amenities, benefits, uh, great shift schedules, uh, gourmet chef, athletic fields, you name it, they got it. At careers.arthrex.com. That's careers.arthrex.com. Stay with us. A lot more to come as we continue on. Hour 2 rolls on after this. The floors in your kitchen, den, and bedrooms all have an appropriate hardwood, tile, or carpeted surface. As it stands right now, the concrete floors in your garage, patio, or mechanical room are left exposed. At Iron Drive Floor Coatings, we can give those spaces the attention they deserve with the installation of our highly reviewed epoxy coatings. I'm Jake Wilson, owner of Iron Drive Floor Coatings. 
our team can finally transform your home's concrete surfaces. Schedule a free quote today at irondrivegaragefloors.com. Plumber fast. I always call one Tom Plumber. One Tom what? Here, dial the number one, then Tom Plumber. Or just tell your smartphone to call one Tom Plumber. They promise to be there in an hour. Call the plumber whose name is his number. One Tom Plumber. One Tom Plumber. The Southeastern Wildlife Exposition, Seawee, returns to downtown Charleston February 16th through 18th with new and returning special events. Don't miss dock dogs and herding demos at Brittlebank Park, birds of prey flight demos at Marion Square, live animal shows by Jeff Corwin at the Galliard, the sporting showroom at the Charleston Marriott, and so much more. Tickets start at $35. Kids 10 and under are free. Don't miss Seawee, the wildest time in Charleston. Get your tickets today. Visit Seawee.com. That's S-E-W-E.com. Medicare. If you're about to turn 65, you're being absolutely bombarded with messages. Your mailbox is beyond full, and Joe Namath tells you every single day to get the benefits you deserve. How do you make sense of it all? It's confusing, frustrating, and even overwhelming. But it doesn't have to be. The decisions that you make today could affect you for the rest of your life. So let's make sure that you make the right ones for you. One size doesn't fit all. Give me a call for a free no obligation appointment to help you make sense of it all. 864-467-8738. That's 864-467-8738. I'm Guy the Insurance Guy. My company is The Insurance Source and what we do is simple. We make health insurance easier. Looking for a job with a company that's focused on family? Glen Raven's Anderson Plant, maker of high-quality Sumbrella products, is hiring now. As a family-run company offering competitive hourly rates to help you support your family, you'll enjoy premium benefits, including a pension program and much more. You'll qualify for a $1,500 sign-on bonus, and once you're hired, if you refer someone who gets hired, you'll get a $2,000 referral bonus, too. If you're experienced or willing to be trained, apply today at join.sumbrella.com. If you're moving a loved one into assisted living and need a stress-free solution for selling their property, Samuel Property Group is here to be your guide. From home evaluation to a hassle-free sale, we handle it all. Let us ease your burden during this transition and receive your check in as little as 10 days. Visit SamuelPropertyGroup.com today and fill out the simple form to be contacted by one of our team members within 48 hours. That's SamuelPropertyGroup.com. The Roar, your home for all things analytics and salary cap analysis. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? We are The Roar, where every day is game day. Continues out of bounds. William Parkinbush and Mike Vaughn. I got a text on the personal text line that said, uh, when we were talking about Valerie Cagle, um, that, you know, we probably need to include some gymnasts in that. Best athletes on campus. I agree. I just don't know which one. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't even know which one's the best one yet. 
I mean, how many of them can do triple flips on their floor exercise there, Colt? There is someone, uh, I've heard this through the grapevine. There is someone on Clemson's roster that reportedly, I'm not not even going to say who it is because I don't want to put that pressure on her. Uh, There is someone that can reportedly do the Biles. Do you know what this is? Uh, I'm familiar with the athlete that you're talking about. That would be Simone Biles. That would be Simone Biles. That's right. Um, but there, I, I don't know the move that you've just brought to mind that is dubbed the Biles. So it is. Um, it is a move that uh, there's actually a couple of things named after you Simone that's Biles. What, yeah. You I, like, that's I had to look it up. I had to look it up. Do they call them the move? Is that what? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. But it's, I like, I don't, I don't even know. I think it's the um, triple twist, double tucked, salto backwards. I think that's what it is. Um, It's something that nobody's ever done. I mean, I'm looking right now. Um, that Like, nobody has done it in competition Although there's a couple videos of like Olympic level gymnasts doing it again, there's a, there's several things that like very few people can do. Apparently, there is one of Clemson's gymnasts can do the Biles on floor. Forgive me, but a Rodney Dangerfield movie just came to mind for some reason. Wasn't that the Triple Lindy? I think. Oh yeah. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Duke Travis says uh, I want to see Kyrie Irving more in Atlanta. When he was with the Cavs, he didn't play. The worst part is he won a single dunk the entire game. Not one dunk. It 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 sucks. It sucks. And you know what? I like like day baseball games. I like day baseball games. But there is an assumption that in a day game after a night game, you're going to have a couple people not play. You're going to have a couple people sit out in a baseball game. You, You assume the risk. If you're going to one of 162 games, you're assuming the risk that somebody's not going to be in the lineup. My um, my brother and sister-in-law, my niece and nephew, and my parents went up to Cincinnati to watch the Reds play around Labor Day. It was on Labor Day weekend. They went to a the uh, they went to the Saturday night game in Cincinnati that Labor Day weekend, and um, Joey Votto, who was supposed to be, I mean, he was in the lineup every day. My 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 nephew Joseph loves. Joey Votto, obviously, name, big part of that. Um, but he he loves Joey Votto. And so they they were like, this might be our last chance to watch Joey Votto. So they took him up there. Well, Votto was hurt. He didn't play. So the, the risk is when you buy the tickets weeks, months in advance, whatever the case may be, you, know, you don't know what's going to happen to that player. But the problem was you had people who showed up to watch, for example, I'm using Steph Curry as an example because I know people get mad, like really mad and post it on social media when they go to watch the Warriors and Steph's not there. So I, I understand it. Um, you, you watch Steph Curry play two nights before and he's perfectly fine and there's no injury designation given. He just didn't play today. He decided not to play today. It is a little bit of a slap in the face of the fan, even though I understand the long-term vision. And that's why I get to the rule. Like, that. what I told old school is correct. This rule is overly harsh. Because there's no wiggle room. There's no, like, well, you know, if you're if you're technically injured and you, you miss a bunch of games, that's fine. But if we don't really know, we can't validate. That's It's hard to be wishy-washy on 
injuries because I don't know if you know this, but teams lie. Organizations lie like constantly. What? Even when there are rules in place to keep you from lying, teams are still fudging it just a little bit. If you allow teams to lie, they will lie about availability. Coaches will lie to you. Or they will just withhold the truth about availability. If you if you don't ask very specific questions, I've known coaches that would answer any question about any player and tell you the truth, but they would not offer. Like if somebody got hurt and nobody knew, that coach would never tell anybody, would never say it. And I think that's actually most coaches who would do that. Organizations don't want you to know. Um, so even if they were like, you have to have an injury designation, teams would just make it up. Hey, is your ankle sore? Well, yeah, it's game 58 of the NBA season. I think my ankle felt a little balky this morning. Are right, we going to write ankle, but really, I mean, you you would play. Like, if we were, if this were like game one of the conference finals, like, you would play. And they're like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I would play. Okay, but my, my ankle. Oh, man, I can't play. Oh, my ankle. Oh, man, I can't. That's what teams would do. So you have an overly harsh rule that's designed to remove something from the game that is kind of a scourge. And it's a little bit similar, and I hate to say this. Golly, I hate to say this because I hate this rule. I hate everything about it. I hated it when it came out. I hate it now. I will hate it when it dies. It may never die. It's kind of like the targeting rule. Ugh. Where the targeting rule was put in place not to be fair. I want you to hear what I'm saying there. I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody say it that way, but that's really what it is. In fact, I've tried to be a little more diplomatic about it. The targeting rule was never meant to be fair. The targeting rule was meant to protect the NCAA from lawsuits from players who have potential brain injury, CTE. It was never meant to be a fair flag. The, the results of a targeting penalty were never meant to be fair. They were meant to be overly judicious. They wanted to kick more people out of the game than deserve to so that they eradicate certain behaviors from the game. And guess what? It's worked. How many times when targeting first started did we see hits that you're like, wow, Ooh, pretty sure he's going to leave the game on that one. Now think about it. How many times in a game this year did you watch a hit that everybody agreed was targeting? I would argue very few. That has not happened a lot. That's the point of the targeting rule. It's not to be fair. It's to, a, it's to eradicate a behavior from the game. The 65-game limit for postseason awards in the NBA sucks for Joel Embiid because Joel Embiid has been, you could argue, I mean, I could make an argument for a couple other guys. I like my guy Tyrese Halberton. I mean, I'm just I'm gonna stick up for my guy, whatever. He he's not been the MVP of the league. Joel Embiid, there's a very good argument that he should be the MVP of the league. And probably the best argument is he should be the MVP of the league. But he is a victim of an overly judicious rule because he and some of his other compatriots decided that being a healthy scratch was more important than winning the MVP. And so now somebody that's actually hurt gets penalized. Somebody who's actually maybe the MVP but had an injury gets penalized. Now, I would I would also argue that if you play less than half the season, the voters should not vote for you anyway, which is what we're assuming is going to happen with Embiid. He's going to basically miss half the games that his team plays. I don't think if you play half the games, you're the most valuable player. Let me, let me rephrase. 
I don't think that you have proven to be the most valuable player. Especially, like, if you miss half the games and your team goes 2-40, and 40, maybe. Maybe you can make that argument. Potentially. But you still didn't earn it because you didn't play enough. Like, if Nikola Jokic plays 75 games or 70 games or whatever it is, and he's over the threshold and his team plays great and he's got great numbers and all that stuff, and Embiid plays 40 games, I mean, I'm, I'm going to give the Joker a nod there. I watched Nikola Jokic play the other night, and he was, he's just sensational. Almost by accident, he's sensational. His game, he's, he's, a, he's round. He's a round basketball player. In a game of chiseled athletic stars, he is round. And he gets the job done. I have no qualms about voting for him. Or, like I say, my guy Halliburton, who's just a great, uh, great human being. Uh, a couple texts on this uh, before we get to the top of the hour. Texter says from the 864, it's also strategy. They don't want the team to know how to prepare. Uh, precisely. I've, it's not just being nefarious for the sake of being nefarious. It, there is a strategy. There's a strategic element to it. There's no, there's no question about it. I was merely just pointing out that if you give a team an out to be less than forthcoming and less than truthful on an injury report to try to accomplish something, the team will do it. The coach will do it. The player will do it. If you give them an out, they'll do it. Even if you don't give them an out, like in the NFL, teams still get dinged for the injury reports. I mean, it just is. It is what it is. Text from the 864 says it's the same, uh, it's the same with roughing the passer. Don't disagree. Don't disagree. Same with roughing the passer. You're trying to eradicate certain behaviors and protect certain people instead of having a fair rule. We could talk about this all day long. We could talk about this all day long. Text from the 864 says, having to me both good and bad. I miss seeing Jordan for a day off. I saw Atlanta versus Philadelphia after a trade and only seven players on each team. So we saw Dr. J go against Dominique and they both played the whole game. It does, it does work. Uh, it does work for you. Love that. Um, by the way, Morgan Thomas. Have you talked to Morgan about gymnastics? Morgan is the gymnastics correspondent at he, the station. He's the man. I think he's been to every home meet so far. He has. Yeah. Uh, he says Rebecca Wells best all around. Bree Clark best on floor. Lauren Rutherford and Molly Arnold scored a nine nine five on floor last meet. That's true. I was there. That's true. They're very good. Bean got them last meet. And NC State's the best team they played so far. They also had some signal. Like Bree Clark didn't even perform, and they were kind of protecting some people because they had they had some illness. Uh, they had some illness run through the team. The only gymnastics thing I have seen live, Clark, is I got to be at the warm up. Uh, for the pit meet but then i had to move back over to clemson tennis so i didn't get to didn't get to stay um text from the 864 says when lebron wade and bosch were playing for the heat we went to atlanta to see him play on the drive there we found out lebron and d Wade were sitting out that game we were pissed yeah and you know what's funny is like if if they had done half off tickets for that game people might still have gone and they might have understood but you paid full price and they charged you I guarantee you this. They charged you because you were going to see LeBron and Dwayne. And they're not giving you that money back because they don't play. That's why you have to take the fans into account because fans are already playing exorbitant prices in some in some ways to go in and watch these players, to watch these teams, but really to watch these players play. It just it just simply is it is a thing that has to be exterminated. It has to be extinguished. 
And if Joel Embiid has to catch a stray, if you have to punish somebody who's not the problem to do it, well, then you shouldn't have let it get to the point where it was a problem. There are lots of rules that are overly punitive. There are lots of rules that punish large swaths of people just by definition or inconvenience people because a few people can't follow them. Heck, a metal detectors at sporting events are like this. Why do I need a metal? I'm not going to do anything. I'm just there to watch the game. Why I got to take my phone out of my pocket? Well, because somebody else is going to bring in something else to do something else. That's not my fault. Hour two is in the books. Hour three, more softball interviews coming up. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5, Spartanburg. We are the Roar.